today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The music industry was certainly not immune to COVID-19. How many live shows and concerts did you go to in 2020? Not many, if any, especially since March, because they were all shut down. Where does the industry go from here, and what is going to change in the future? Let's bring in our music expert, Eric Alpern. He joins us now on the show. Eric, how are you? What's a concert? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What? what You're the expert. People, people keep talking about this mass gathering of people all enjoying something. <laughs> I, I, is that like watching something on Netflix? Because that I've done a lot in 2020. Um, yeah, what a very bizarre year. And it's, it's not going to get better just because the clock rolled over to 2021 or that there is a vaccine. In fact, this is probably one of the most devastating hits um, of any of the entertainment industries because, look, at, at least for television and film and movies, there are places that you can go to to film something. There's definite um, um, systems and structures that are in place to make sure that everybody is in a bubble, everybody is safe, everybody that has been tested, and you filmed your series, and then you can go off. Artists have to tour city by city, province by province, state by state, country by country, and it's impossible to try to figure out, well, just because Hamilton isn't in stage two doesn't mean that Toronto isn't. And so it makes going from, it makes it, makes it really tough when you're an artist to try to figure out how on earth are we going to get back to normal when everybody has to be in the same level in order for things to happen and starting up again. Are concerts the bigger money maker in comparison to selling albums and singles and whatnot? Oh, for sure. Um, in 2020 alone, the, the music industry lost about $30 billion in the concert revenues in terms of tickets and merchandise. But it's not just the money that's lost when somebody goes and spends $200 or $300 on a ticket. It's the amount of money also that is lost for parking, for food, for alcohol, and all the other auxiliary um, economies that are affected by it, the hotels, the restaurants, the bars, um, the, the shopping that's around, because very rarely will people go in and out into a show. They actually go and make a night of it, or if at a festival, they're putting substantial amount of money into the local economy. So yeah, it's roughly about $30 billion. Um, and it, it's not going to just come back, sadly, because all the shows that were booked in 2020 that got cancelled are still on the books for 2021 and 2022 for the rescheduled date. If you're Elton John or The weekend you've already gotten a large amount of money as a guarantee that you're going to show up on those dates. And it's like the advance is given to you when those shows are announced. So the artist does not want to give back the money. So what they're going to do is they're just going to keep rescheduling dates more and more and more. But that means then if you're an artist like the Rolling Stones, for instance, and you, you don't have a tour book, you might not, come back until 2023 because the industry doesn't want to have 370 shows a year at the local big venue. They can't afford it. They know that people can only afford to go see maybe one to two to three shows a year. So there's going to be a lot of artists that you may not get to see 
in your regularly scheduled summer shows like Steve Miller Band or Styx or Journey or Yes, artists that never stop touring, you may not see them for a couple of years while the backlog gets out there first. We've all had to adapt or or pivot or tweak uh, to the new reality of the pandemic. How did musicians adapt in 2020 and and what are some of the changes that they've implemented will continue uh, in 2021 and beyond? The amount of live shows that people are doing online, whether it's on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, is astounding. And the the quickness of the technology to get better and better um, has helped that as well. A lot of the independent artists from Hamilton, for instance, may not be able to spend $500 on a microphone in order to tape them playing acoustically on Facebook. But those levels, because of the demand for new phones and new microphones and new speakers went down in price to meet that demand. Um, uh, Now anybody can really go live on social media and have a decent sized audience. The amount of videos that people were creating in, in, uh, in association with their focus song or the single, I have an artist that made seven different lyric videos for the one song because normally they would be out on the weekends making a hundred bucks or $200 on the weekend for shows. So that money is gone. So they put it all into making videos, trying to, you know, trying to get through the weeds and the grass of everybody else creating videos at the same time as well. So, you know, these regular kind of independent artists or maybe weekenders who love to play on the weekends at the local venue, um, you know, they may not be back because they'll have to find another another area of, of making money. But it's mostly just knowing that everybody is at home. We're all streaming movies and TV shows. So why not stream concerts as well? And that's one thing that definitely increased in terms of viability. But in terms of technology, the shows have gotten much better looking than they did back in April. Which musicians, good or bad, stood out in 2020? Um, I, I think, you know, this little-known singer that not a lot of people have heard of named Taylor Swift. Um, seemed Who's to she? Do, I know. She seemed to do pretty well. Not only did she change musical styles again, going from country to pop, and now kind of hip indie roots rock, with working with people like The National, who are normally found in, in more cooler-than-you-and-I magazines like Pitchfork. Um, she released two albums this year, and not only that, she, she hit number one on the Billboard Top 200 album chart for both of them. So she was able to have surprise releases for both albums, not any buildup of single by single by single by single and news, news, news. She just announced in 12 hours she's going to release her brand new record, and everybody seemingly in the world knew about it. The other artist that seemed to explode was BTS. Um, leading the way in K-pop and in, in Korean pop music. Um, I know Hamilton has had a large amount of Korean pop artists play um, in the arenas there. This was the year that K-pop broke huge, not only with BTS garnering a Grammy nomination, but seemingly cleaning up every single audience-voted award show from the American Music Awards on down. Um, because their fan base is so rabid. And that was because everybody was at home. Again, social media numbers went through the roof when it comes to engagement and people on these platforms. So the ability that the world remained a little bit 
smaller or gotten a little bit smaller, it didn't matter that they were halfway around the world in a different time zone. It's okay. When they posted something, you got to see it when you got up. So BTS certainly had that to their advantage, especially because they were able to do live concerts um, for a lot of people that would take them months or if not years in playing in markets that they would never have otherwise gone to in a world tour. Uh, They could just release that midnight and have four and a half million people watching within 24 hours, which is what they had paying, you know, 50 or 60 dollars for a ticket. We've got 90 seconds uh, left with uh, Eric Alpert, uh, Eric Alpert, music expert. You mentioned the weekend a few minutes ago. This this Canadian's going to be making headlines early on in 2021 playing the Super Bowl halftime show. Now, this is the first Super Bowl of the COVID era. It's obviously going to be fewer fans, nobody on the field probably uh, to celebrate the halftime show. How do you see this playing out? I have no idea. What's going to be fascinating is is normally the the halftime show is built with a lot of special guests and featuring other artists. I have no idea how they're going to do the changeover when you're supposed to have social distancing. But I have a feeling that the weekend is thinking exactly that and going to do something amazing, even if the Grammys don't want to give them any nominations, (laughs) which was the biggest snub probably in Grammy history in my eyes. Yeah, without a doubt. Maybe he'll do it virtually. I don't know, with a hologram or something like that. should be exciting. Eric, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, and have a great rest of the year. You too. Eric Alper, music expert here on The Bill Kelly Show. We're going to switch from music to film and TV and pop culture when we come back here on The Bill Kelly Show. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. COVID-19 pandemic certainly walloped the entertainment industry this year from shutting down movie and TV production, infecting star performers like actor Tom Hanks and comedian Kevin Hart. Uh, The coronavirus even changed the way we consumed the entertainment world. Here to break it all down is Vicki Sparks, film and pop culture expert. You can check her out on The Morning Show on Global as well, and we welcome her to The Bill Kelly Show. Vicki, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm fantastic, and... um, I'm looking forward to 2021 from an entertainment perspective because I'm really interested to see, you know, some of the changes, some of the adaptations that have been forced on this industry this year, how they're going to develop in 2021. What are some of the things we saw this year that will continue for years on end? Well, I think what we saw this year was about 10 years worth of change forced (laughs) into one year um, because we simply had to adapt to the coronavirus pandemic. Um, What one of the biggest changes we've seen is that obviously movie theaters have been shut down or kind of shut down for the majority of the year. And this has forced movies to go online. Some have been pushed into 2021 to a more hopeful time. Um, But what we've seen is the advent of streaming really come out in full force. Um, You know, where we once had Netflix and that was great. We now have uh, Netflix. We have Crave in Canada. We have Amazon Prime Video. We have uh, in the States, there's Hulu and HBO Max, Disney Plus. All of these streaming services are out now, and they're all almost as good as Netflix, even though Netflix has had you know a, a few years to get ahead of them all. So what we've seen this year is as the movies have gone online, instead of to movie theaters, this is potentially changing the way we consume movies for the next few years. In the stage, HBO uh, Max, which is owned by Warner Brothers, has said that they will release every single movie in 2021 that they put into theaters on their streaming platform on the same day for the entire year of 2021. This is a huge move that could potentially change the film industry 
forever. Usually theaters have what's called a 60 to 90 day theatrical window, which means the movie gets to be in just theaters for up to three months before you can buy it on demand, before it goes to streaming, to force people into theaters if they want to see it. With this idea of it also being available on streaming, the first day that it's released, you're really going to have people asking the question, is it worth, you know, putting on real pants, getting in the car, <laughs> and paying 15, 17, 18, 20 bucks a ticket to go see this in a movie theater instead of just staying in my sweatpants and watching it on my couch? That's going to really change things because the money in the film industry comes from theatrical releases. It doesn't come from streaming those big billion dollar box office days you just can't replicate that money on streaming so that's going to change a lot because the stars don't want their movies to go to streaming right away the agents the producers the directors all of those people their big paydays are built into a theatrical release because most of those people get two paydays for a big a big blockbuster movie if you're a superhero you get some money up front and then you get a percentage of the back end. And that's where they back up the Brinks trucks to your house and start just shoveling money into your bank account. And if it goes straight to streaming, that second payday, the big payday, simply isn't going to come. And what we have to remember is at the end of the day, this is a business. And that money is what people are after. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how that changes things. If this is how things are from now on, if this is just an off year as theaters kind of get back on their feet, um, or if people protest enough that this idea is completely done away with. Right now, it's, it's causing quite a divide in Hollywood, and uh, I can't wait to see how it turns out. Number one, homebodies love the straight-to-streaming aspect, that's for sure. Um, sure <laughs> but c- could we see uh, inflated prices in the future, i.e. a movie is released, and instead of paying you know, twelve ninety nine to stream it, you'll have to pay thirty five ninety nine. Yeah, absolutely, and especially with big blockbusters. You know, if we're seeing, you know, Marvel movies, if we're seeing Bond movies, anything like that, if that's coming out on demand immediately or very, very soon after it's being released in theaters, you can absolutely expect an inflated price. Um, But I'm not sure that that's something people would be that upset about. Right now, I'd pay 50 bucks to watch a Marvel movie or a, a brand new James Bond movie from the comfort of my own home. And I think there's a lot of other people who would as well. But uh, one thing to keep in mind is that for uh, film studios, they make a, a higher percentage of profit on on-demand uh, payments that people are making than they do on movie tickets. So for them, even if the price is not quite as much as charging everybody an individual ticket in the theaters, they're still taking home a pretty big piece of that pie. So it's good news for them either way. But yes, I think we can definitely anticipate higher prices on demand if this is a model that keeps up. We lost some big stars in 2020 and, and non-COVID related, but Alex Trebek, Sean Connery, Chadwick Boseman, some of the, yeah. you know, the big stars that uh, we lost this year. What was their impact on the entertainment industry? I mean, those are three iconic names in the entertainment industry. Alex Trebek, possibly one of the most beloved Canadians of all time, um, you know, known for that stern but 
playful uh, image that he had on Jeopardy for all of those years. Um, he was so brave and so public with his battle with pancreatic cancer. I think that he inspired so many people um, as he continued to work throughout it and, and continued to remain hopeful. Obviously, uh, in, in the end, he lost that battle, as so many have. But I think to be remembered in that way, Jeopardy is synonymous with him. And I think finding a permanent replacement will be one of the toughest jobs uh, the entertainment industry has to fulfill in 2021 because those are pretty big shoes to step into. Um, also on the same idea, Chadwick Boseman, I mean, he he initiated that character um, of Black Panther and Disney has rightfully said that they will not be recasting him for the sequels, that that is an iconic character that simply cannot be replaced. Uh, with him, obviously, part of... The, the sadness surrounding his death was the shock. Nobody knew that he was sick. He was only 43 years old, and no one had been aware that he had been dealing with uh, colon cancer for four years throughout the majority of his his films. He he was sick. Um, so I think that when we when we look back on his films and we 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 take that into account that he was doing these incredible performances, these incredibly physical roles. I mean, any Marvel actor will tell you that getting ready to be the lead in a Marvel Universe movie is about the most physically demanding job you can have on the planet. To do it while also dealing with colon cancer at any level is absolutely unbelievable and adds, I think, an entirely new layer to his performance. Um, talk about iconic, talk about brave, talk about um, kind of creating this this character that will live on uh, much, much past Chadwick, uh, tragically. But... Uh, he he will be remembered forever, I think. Yeah, and he and he performed it so beautifully, and he yes will be remembered uh, for forever. That's for sure. Vicky, we got to run. We're out of time. Thanks for joining us today. Anytime. Thanks so much. Vicky Sparks, film and pop culture expert. Uh, check her out uh, on Twitter. Guacamole Queen as well. Uh, quickly, celebrity birthdays today. John Voight, 82. Ted Danson, 73. Paula Poundstone, 61. Sean Payton, 57. And Michael Kudlitz is 56. Oh, yeah. Jude Law is 48 as well. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.